Today's message uh, is entitled, oh, okay, there it goes. Press on toward the goal. Press on toward the goal. Uh, and our passage came from Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 21. Um, just like a race, we're all kind of living this life in pursuit of something. And the question that I want to start off here today is this question, what are you living for? Like, what are you really living for? If you just, like, put your life on a piece of paper, what would it tell you that you're living for? And what are your goals to achieve that pursuit? And how do you plan to get there? And then after you obtain it, then what? Right? And these are things for us to really think through because a lot of people today in the world and maybe people that we even know, or this could be us today, we live lives that are, aren't aimed towards something. We just kind of live day by day, and we, we know this term, like paycheck to paycheck, or um, we live just trying to survive, that's it. And uh, only thing that passes by real fast and runs out is time. And one day we find ourselves to be old, and then uh, with way less strength than we started with. And what we see is that as we pursue worldly things or as we pursue things that are just not really long-sighted but very short-sighted, we end up seeing our limitations. Worldly goals have, has its limitations. You start to realize, I can't do it. Or you start to realize, oh, shoot, you know, <laughs> there's not much that can be done. Um, and this is how the world functions. They don't really think ahead, per se. But what's so sad today is that this is the state that so many people within the church are in, where we're finding ourselves to be stuck in limitations instead of God's greater eternal goal. Because God, he desires us to be able to think big, but we need to begin small. And that's what we'll be kind of talking about when it comes to goals, where the aim is not perfection, but progression, right? Meaning that the, the goal isn't to, to look like the perfect church or the perfect Christian or the perfect anything, really. But are we growing? Are we progressing spiritually? Are we progressing in our thinking? Or are we stuck? Stuck with the same you know, things that we pray about. Stuck in the same mindsets where we're angry with ourselves or angry at somebody else, that there's the same unforgiveness, uh, same things that you're upset about, even many years after someone has you know, hurt you. Um, are you progressing? Because this is the goal that God wants us to be able to see. Like I mentioned, we need to see big, but we need to start small. It's not about having religious mindsets like we talked about last week, right? But it's to be gospel-centered in our thinking. Because when we are in this religious mindset, we end up playing the comparison game. So I'm better than you because I did all this. Or it's the other way around too, where you're like, oh, I'm not as good as this person, so maybe I shouldn't, just do, I shouldn't do anything, 
And this is where so many people get stuck. They get stuck in this religious mindset, whether being the you know, victim or the person to cause other people havoc. It's not a great mindset to have. What God desires us is for us to know our upward call that is found in Jesus Christ. And that call is for this great commission to be able to reach all nations with this gospel of Jesus Christ. The problem is, how do we get there? How do we do this? Like, what do we just blatantly tell people about Jesus? Because that might not go well with my work. That might not go well with my school. That might not go well with society. And this is where we're thinking in a very closed mind type of mentality. When we understand this gospel, we will know how to communicate it even without using Christianese or whatever Christian um, you know, words that we tend to use. Um, the Christian vernacular. But the thing is, this gospel is made for everyone, whether you're well-educated, whether you're not educated, whether you are poor, whether you are rich. We just think, <laughs> give thanks, right? It doesn't matter where we are in a physical manner. What matters is that there is a starting point for everyone in this gospel, we need to know how to communicate this gospel in such a relative, you know, in a, in a way that can relate to everyone. And then there, there will come a time where people need to make that faith decision to trust in Jesus or not. But we have to understand that God, He is the one to reveal. He will reveal what to say, what to do. The Holy Spirit will give us the words to say to the people that are around us to start the right conversations, to um, you know, share something that can really help bring life to someone that was walking, kind of like a walking zombie, right? The living dead. So many people live this way. Where you're on the outside, they look bright, they look all put together. But on the inside, they're dead. God will give us wisdom to do so. And he will give us wisdom for, even for our own lives when we feel like that as well. God is the one to reveal. And this is what he will do um, for us. He says, let those of us who are mature think this way, think in this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal, reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. It's when we hold on to the covenant, hold on to this gospel, that God will bring revelation to your circumstance, even to your past, to your present, even to your future. And as we do so, we become this community worth imitating. And we see Paul talking to the Philippian church. He says, brothers, join in imitating me. And keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. What Paul was showing brought life to the fields. And he was like, look, just hold on to what I'm holding on to, and you will see the same works of God take place in your life. And so we need to observe what is actually good. Once I, I mean, what we see in today's passage, the goal is not our stomachs. For many, 
were living their lives as, you know, as their as stomachs being their god, right? People pursued things that would fill their belly or to fulfill their desire, and that's all they thought about, or that's all they think about. A great example of this is Joseph's brothers in the Old Testament. Joseph's brothers, they that's what they were living for. They were only living for their stomachs. They're living for what to eat, what to drink, what to wear, how to have fun, and then that's all that their lives were. And when famine came, they had no answers. They had to go groveling. But Joseph, who was sent into slavery by these same brothers, he held on to the covenant. He held on to God's word. And it's through holding on to God's word, God gave him wisdom to know how to deal with his circumstance in Potiphar's house to the point where God was blessing the work that he was doing to the point where Potiphar noticed there's something different about that slave compared to all my other slaves. Even when he was sent into jail, mistaken, I mean, well, not deservedly, by Potiphar's wife. God blessed him even in jail. Why? Because he knew this covenant, knowing that God was with him, knowing that God had a bigger plan even in the midst of jail, right? And God led him all the way to becoming the governor, second in command of Egypt, guiding Egypt and the world back then through a severe famine where he became that source to give grain to the world. And he I don't know how he had the wisdom to engineer such a project. But it's the same brothers that lived for their stomachs that came to Joseph saying, give us food. He didn't recognize Joseph. At, they didn't recognize Joseph at first, but in pursuing Joseph, Joseph reveals who he is. And instead of getting revenge, which he deserved to, he showed mercy. And he said, hey, you meant evil, but God meant this to be for the good, to save many. This is our goal, is this pursuit to save many, not our own stomachs. And yes, God knows what our needs are, like we talked about several weeks ago. We need to pursue his kingdom. And it's not just observing what is good, but it's participation, right? Where we're participating in what's taking place, not just observing just, oh, this is good. This is uh, you know, a blessing of God, but participating in what's taking place so that we can grow together, that this is a community that keeps giving, you know, a community that keeps transforming other people's lives, not just you know, focus on our own stomachs, our own community, my, me and my own, right? And it's to pray for those who don't agree, right? Because so many people during the, even this time, they were turning away from the gospel. It's just that with tears, there are people turning away from this gospel as enemies of the cross. And that's so sad. But Paul, he doesn't say curse them and, you know, he's praying for them. 
because he has a heart for them. With tears, he's saying these things. And part of this for everyone here is to understand your own spiritual state, but understanding other people's spiritual state as well. If they're not doing well, you don't go, you don't go to them and it's like, ha ha, you're doing really bad. <laughs> you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be here, you know? That's not, that's, that's that religious mindset that we talked about. When we understand and see people's spiritual state, God gives us wisdom to speak into their lives. Or maybe they don't want to be spoken to. That's okay too. When we understand people's spiritual state, it gives us things to pray about for them. Like, I, I see, you know, this person struggling. God, I just lift them up in prayer. Like, we have to be a community looking out for each other, for praying for each other, you know, kind of getting to know each other in that way. And all this is due to our background. Our background is found in Christ. We have a heavenly background. It's not based on our family background or how much we have accomplished in our lives. Because sometimes it's not a great background, you know? Uh, there are scars and hurts when it comes to certain families, certain relationships, certain um, opportunities that were given or not given. But our background is in heaven. And that's such a blessing because it gives us strength to begin something great, right? To start something that has life, where we don't have to continue in this pattern of death that we see Satan really pulling people into. And part of that means allowing Christ to transform our mind and body. And that sounds kind of weird. We're allowing Christ. What I mean by that is we have to trust that Christ is the one to do that work, to transform our minds and also, you know, how we function in this life, in this physical world. It says, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. And it's to know that you have support doesn't mean like, oh, support in the terms of like, even if you're doing bad things, God will support you. It's not like that. But the support to be able to do what you're made to do and being able to trust God in that process and getting there. And he gives us victory in him. It's through the small things, right? Just like our first point, we think big, but we start small. Our, our big pursuit is the Great Commission, being able to reach all nations, but what can I do today? Because that doesn't really match my life right now. <laughs> How can I reach all nations? When we start with worship, when we start with God's word, he provides us these little answers that eventually guides us there. Going back to Joseph, like he, his goal wasn't like, I'm going to save the world. But as he held on to God's word through slavery, through going to jail, through you know, being forgotten, and then finally reaching uh, second in command of Egypt, he was seeing God lead him step by step. 
to be able to see why he went through all that. Just like we talked about last week, there's no meaningless suffering in Christ. But there is guidance and answers that lead towards life movement. And so in our conclusion, a couple of important things. Make small goals, but aiming for the Great Commission. How can I reach people with what I have? And that might be tough. It might just be, if you have nowhere, start with prayer. <laughs> That's the small step that you can begin. And devote yourself. These two institutions God has created for humanity, family and church. And guess what two institutions get attacked the most? The family <laughs> and church. Um, Satan doesn't want families to exist in the, in the way that God intended. Satan doesn't want the church to exist the way God had, has intended. But when we found our family, found our church in Christ, then we build something that is unshakable. And that's why it's so important, even with our family, whether it has been going well or if it's not been going well, we have a place to start to change that course of destruction to a course towards life. You have that choice and opportunity in Jesus Christ to do so. And even for the church, the church has to start thinking, what is our future goal? Right now, one of the big problems within so many churches is that there's no future leaders. There's no future of the church, especially in immigrant populations here in the States. There's no next generation of pastors. And we really need to start thinking, how can we raise up future pastors through our church? How can we raise up future leaders? You know, not just pastors, but future missionaries or, you know, future people in industry, too, that has this gospel. Everyone here is a missionary to a certain degree because you have Christ with you. So we need this kind of devotion for our family and this kind of devotion for the church and make time for people, right, with intention. So as you start the day, when you pray for, for that day, or if you don't pray, start praying. Think of the people that you'll meet that day. Uh, sometimes it's random, I understand. But if there's like some plans that you have, pray for them. Pray for that interaction. I'm not saying go to them and you know, start preaching the gospel. <laughs> that's, that's not what I intend by saying pray, pray for them. But when you pray with intention for people, God gives opportunity for very you know, interesting conversations to come about related to faith, related to their spiritual state as well. And as those opportunities become more visible, you, know, you start to connect the dots from Sunday message to your reality. And you'll start to see the answers that God is speaking to you through your circumstance. Like this is not, you're a Christian, so that's why you, you'll, no, it's, this is how God speaks to you in reality. Like this is how he interacts with humanity. 
And you will see that for yourself. And it starts with the word that we hold on to. And when you get stuck, know and enjoy your background. How do we do that? Through worship. Where we're able to praise, we're able to pray, we're able to think of people. Every time I get stuck in a certain situation, I just that's what I jump back to is it's prayer. And at times it could be praise, pull out my guitar, <laughs> just praise praising by myself. Or it could be going out to the field, going out to different campuses, speaking with students about this gospel and seeing how God communicates through those interactions as well. Like it's amazing how God speaks. It's just we need those opportunities to listen, seeing the fulfillment of God's word. So as we hold on to today's message, we need to press on toward the goal that God has established. Um, my son, he, he plays baseball. And with that, if, if I just threw him into like a higher level of baseball, like travel team or something like that, when he just began, he'll probably be pretty, you know, upset or pretty like not into baseball <laughs> as he is right now. He'll be like, oh my gosh, it's too hard. Or everybody's so good, but I'm not. But we started with the small things, learning how to swing, learning how to throw, learning how to do these step-by-step -step things that start building up his skill set so that he can actually compete. For us as Christians, that it goes very similarly spiritually as well. It's building these small steps. You might think, oh, that prayer will do nothing. Begin. Begin it. Begin that time of prayer and see how God works. Because you start to see progression. And seeing progress through these small answers, it, 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 that's what makes us grow and trust in God more and more. That's the path of seeing our faith grow. Stop pursuing perfection. I have to be a perfect Christian. I have to be a perfect, you know, perfect mom, perfect dad, perfect brother, sister, what, what have you. Pursue this journey of progressing of growing, whether spiritually, whether in your day-to-day -day life, but spiritually first, definitely. We need to have that mindset. For God, he desires to lead us step by step, just like he did last week's sermon with the, with the blind man. He didn't know who Jesus was. He was like, oh, he must have been a prophet. And then he said, well, probably a man of God. And then finally, he came to know Jesus as the Messiah, as the Christ, God incarnate, and worshiped him. Press on toward the goal, knowing that it is not just your strength, but God guiding you along the way. Make those small goals to build towards that bigger goal of the Great Commission. And God, he will give you the wisdom to know how to share this gospel Communicate this gospel with the people that are around you as you enjoy the gospel yourself.